Shit, do you hear that? That fucking squeaky chair. God damn it. God damn it. It's louder than normal because I'm the only one here today. Flying solo. Damaged goods podcast. Jake the snake in this fucking squeaky chair. Dude, it would kill my girl to break out some goddamn WD 40 in my absence. My absence. I've been gone uh, on tour with Slayer for the last tour ever. They just retired. That's why you guys haven't gotten an episode in two weeks. My apologies. I was very busy. And I uh, finished everything for the book, Quicksand. It's in production right now, so you're going to be hearing me blabbing a lot about that and promoting that. Um, yeah, and sorry if I'm talking with my outside voice. Dude, my ears are still ringing. You know, you do a month on the road with a uh, thrash metal band like Slayer, and it's loud, dude. I sleep with fucking jazz on in my headphones at night. Like, the last thing I want to hear right now is an electric guitar for a while. But anyway, yes, thank you guys for your patience, and... Uh, and, um, the, you know, waiting period and such. Try to keep you entertained with fucking jokes on the interwebs, on the social media shit. And hopefully maybe you go back and listen to an episode you, you missed or some shit. But anyways, anyways, which is not a word, but I say it all the time and so does my family. Anyways, situational integrity. Say it with me. Situational integrity. If you want to clap along when you say it, does that help you phonetically? Situational integrity. I hate when motherfuckers do that, even though I probably do it. Um, it's, you know, people are being selective about when they want to have some morals and values and standards. And this all ties in. Don't worry, I'm going to bring it in. But um, I heard this. Uh, he's like a comedian turned, I guess you call him a political analyst. Uh, Jimmy Dore, he has a podcast that's in a YouTube show, very popular, Jimmy Dore Show. And he, he, he made a reference about Michael Moore, the director on some, I think he was on MSNBC, and saying how he's used uh, some situational integrity. And it kind of made me think about some other stuff. My rant on it will not be uh, you know submerged solely in politics like Jimmy was referring to Michael Moore. But I, I you know Michael Moore is a pretty liberal filmmaker, you know, and rides for the left in most cases. And, and I think the, the point of Jimmy's comment was, you know, he... Probably rocks with Michael Moore on most things, but he was on MSNBC and he kind of, I guess, Michael Moore bit his tongue on some shit and didn't speak up on some other things that they kind of would hope he would. A man of pretty strong morals and um, convictions most of the time. And uh, it was because he didn't want to lose his talking platform on MSNBC. So he was being criticized of using situational integrity. I run into this shit all the goddamn time just in my regular day's life. Um, you know, I see people... Like somebody I know in the music industry. Here I go, dude. And this all ties back into my gift and my curse, my goddamn superpower. It's the snake, man. Somebody I know works in the music industry. Not an artist, you know, works maybe on the I don't know, the label side, the strategic promotion PR side. I don't know. Anyway. He had a tweet retweeted by another person I know who works in the music industry who's more of an artist, not a musician, but you know, a visual artist who works with people in the music industry and he retweeted this in support. Saying something along the lines of, uh, I'm starting to get sick of music industry Twitter. I'm like, dude, starting? I've been sick of it. And like, I think it was in lieu of a bunch of shit that was going on Twitter that day about music shit. And somehow he tied back to people who were taking moral stances on shit. And you're going to make a comment like that this late in the game? Bro, the floodgates have been open. I've been sick of music industry Twitter. That's why I don't follow it. Honestly, on Twitter, I really just do the same shit I do on like Instagram. 
or Facebook. I don't really... I don't engage in any arguments back and forth with nobody. I don't like doing that. Um, I think it just looks foolish. Even if you're right, you look stupid. And I don't like just the constant complaining I see on Twitter. Um, I, I like jokes, man. I'm on social media, dude. I say this all the time. I'm on there for what? Funny-ass jokes and memes. Uh, skateboarding, surfing, and butts. Uh, you know, and, and I, I don't really... I don't fuck with music industry Twitter. It's fucking lame. And so, like, to all of a sudden get moral about it. Shit, I guess if you just had your moment of clarity, it's better now than never. But it just seems contrived. And just because of the situation at hand, the other climate of Twitter, things going down about music shit, you know, now you want to make it seem like you're taking a stand, right? Now you're drawing a line in the sand. Line in the sand. What am I, Australian dude? A line in the fucking sand, Jake. Jesus. The chair. Chair threw me off, guys. But yes, you're picking the right situation to to pull on your integrity. And it just, I don't know, man. I it, People won't call out some shit they know is whack. They know it's wrong because they got friends guilty of it. Boys guilty of it. I mean, shit, dude, this ties into my... I said shit, dude, like there's one of you listening. I hope it's not. <laughs> my last solo episode, um, I think it was called Do It For The Gram Or Your Fam. And I was kind of calling out. People, you know, wishing their peoples, their friends, happy birthdays on Instagram and shit. Why don't you just hit them up like you would normally about certain plans and things like that? It's like you're posturing for a, you know, a platform of people to see you, like you're a good person. It just seems so selective and funny and like, and cheesy. And then like, I call that out on that episode, and, and not just the birthday wishes, but posturing on social media when it's something that really doesn't need to be up there. You're doing it so people think you can. Think of a certain thing of you. Virtual signaling, if you will. Virtual signaling, if you will. And and I, you know, I'm up there on my on my shit talking about it. I'm I'm calling it out. And you know, I, I honestly felt this way. And I got a lot of praise for it. A lot of people like love that shit, right? Not the people in my personal life. <laughs> Cause you know what? I end up calling out some of my friends and people are guilty of that. I mean, dude, look, I'm guilty of shitty things too that I probably call out or that you might call out. But I call it out regardless if my friends are guilty of it or not. And, uh, you know, it, it ruffles some feathers, dude. You know, I, hey, I don't get invited to as many things anymore. Um, but I, I can't not call that out. You know, I, I'm, it's like I'm cursed or I have this fucked up superpower, dude. I Larry David myself a lot. I Larry David myself. And I'll say things that I know other people are thinking too. But maybe no one wants to. And maybe I shouldn't, dude. My girlfriend gives me daggers in her eyeballs all the time. My God bless that woman. Because I do this shit all the time. I do it to strangers in public and work situations. If shit just don't look right or feel right. Or someone's doing someone's doing something that's whacked, that's fucked up. I'm going to call you out for it. And I'll have friends that are guilty of this. And it might rub them the wrong way. So they, and they're, they're not offended. They'll say they're offended. They're not offended. They're just hurt and kind of mad that they now have been forced to acknowledge they're guilty of this shitty action, this whack thing or this lame character trait, something corny, even if it's superficial. And I'm not even getting into politics shit. But, you know, I can't help it, dude. I just say that shit. And a lot of people love me, dude. I basically martyr myself out. I Jesus Christ myself out. <laughs> Uh, to call this shit out. So hopefully other people benefit from it, even if that means people in my personal life might not dig that shit. But can't fucking help it, dude. Can't fucking help it, you know? Um, the the superpower, the snake man, you know? And it, it kind of, like, those people using that situational integrity, um, choosing when to stand up for stuff like that, 
it, sh- it speaks to your backbone a little bit, you know? I mean, I get dude, like, I get the point of being loyal to friends and family. Like, yo, I ain't about to sell my boys out or my family out to nothing. But I'll call them out even personally. You know, pull them aside. You, you got to check your boys. I, mean, I got good friends of mine. My best friends will check me. And my family will. And thank you for that. That's why you're my fucking friends, right? And, and I, I hope you think the same. I know when I do it on social media, uh, something that's not serious, like some corny thing, that's a joke, and I don't care if you're offended or upset or by it. But, I mean, when it's a personal thing, if I'm really, like, concerned about your character or I really think you kind of acted in a shitty way or think that something's not a good call, I'll pull you aside and let you know, or maybe you're slipping or some shit, and I want you to do the same. And I got friends who do that for me, and I appreciate you. Even if not in the moment, even if it, you know, makes the waters rough for a few moments, big deal, dude. Both of us can deal with the awkwardness and then be grateful for the improvement it should make to things. Um, but, you know, like, that... that that situational integrity is kind of like, I shouldn't say life so much. It is. It's a facade, dude. It's a charade. You don't really care that much because if you did, you would have cared the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like people just got mad at Donald Trump when he became president. You didn't seem to give a fuck when he was having a Comedy Central roast or when he had that goddamn uh, Apprentice TV show or when he hosted Saturday Night Live. Man, I didn't like that motherfucker since WrestleMania 4. Do the knowledge. Do your history. My point is, like, people choose times to be upset, choose times not to say something, choose times to say it. That's situational integrity because you don't want to call out people that you, maybe they donate to you or they, they're customers of yours, so you don't want to call them out on their shitty business practices. But, hey, man, you're, you're just practicing charade, you know what I'm saying? And that, that kind of segues me into this, this thought I had about, about charlatans, you know, um, and this is more specific to to people in the the artistic realms, artists themselves, not really the the business people and the fans and the pariahs and such, but the motherfucking artists themselves. I mean, uh, artists who express shamelessly the desire for finances above growth of their art are not artists at all, uh, but charlatans who would have rather blended seamlessly with the investment baker, car salesman, or preacher man. You know what I'm saying? Like. I know this kid, I saw his post on the on the interweb, social media. Good kid, young kid, you know, works in music and shit like that. He's a you know, young broke kid. Not doesn't have a track record in, in the industry. He's just getting his feet wet. He's fucking young as hell, but he's talented. But I know where he's really at in life. I see this post about him and says something like to the effect that, um, what does he say? He says, Money is freedom and it lets you see the world. And it's him posted up in front of somebody else's high-end automobile. And when I say high-end, I don't mean like a Beamer or a Benz. Shit was like, I don't know, probably an Aston Martin or some shit. I'm not a car guy, dude. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. Make fun of me. Whatever. But he, I know that ain't his car. He don't even have a car, let alone a fucking Aston Martin. And you're broke. And yes, money is freedom in some places. Economic freedom. Let's be particular about that, though. Yes, it does allow you to do things if you do it. But this guy says that shit, post up in front of a car. It's like... Spoken like a man who has never seen the world, who hasn't seen anything for the rawness of the world that exists, you know, where money can't change the situation. It can't change the equation. You know, this is where people are boiled down to their primal selves and the true character of humanity is revealed, you know, for all of us to see, for all of us to fear. You know, I mean, money is freedom in a way, but it, it, like I know motherfuckers who push beamers who ain't taking an international flight. Or, or even rich kids who haven't seen the world, even though they've traveled to other continents. They've never really seen what humanity's like because they've been in a bubble. So it's not just 
going to let you see things and have a perspective. You have to have that desire in your heart, you know? And these charlatans who talk about that shit and they put that over their art. They let it supersede their creativity. Dude, tap into your artistic creativity. That's what lets you see things. That'll let you see the world right here in the city you live in. And then when you do get to physically travel, it'll let you see it all with a keener eye. What a different perspective, you know? I mean, money, yes, money can buy freedom, but it can be your most unassuming opponent. You know, if you let it supersede your creations, if it trumps what your soul's singing, then what good is it? You know, I mean, yes, it can also pay your bills and keep food on you and your family's table. So there's that. I mean, not knocking and making money, dude. Trust me, like, I have things that require money. You can't buy a house, can't buy a car without money. I'm grateful for this. But just to watch these people pretend to be artists, but they're putting it above that shit. You're not an artist. You're, you're a businessman first, okay? An artist is going to make art regardless if it's making the money or not. I hate to be cliche, the phrase starving artist. Like, where the fuck you think it comes from? Right? People will write for years before their books really catch on. Or they'll make music for years performing in shitty clubs. And they can't not do it. That guy playing guitar in the subway, like, he might actually have another job. He, that, he's not, like, necessarily a homeless dude. He can't not play guitar. You know, if the, if the rapper or producer makes beats for two, three years and doesn't pop and stops, he was never an artist to begin with. He was a charlatan. He wanted to make money doing this stuff. Yeah, he liked it a little. He might not. He might even loved it, but he wasn't in love with it. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna create that art regardless of of, of the financial possibilities. You want it to do good, of course, right? And hopefully it doesn't change your art. But you're a charlatan. You're putting on this fucking guise of an artist doing it for the art, doing it for the culture. You don't even know what that means. You don't even know what the culture is. You're just trying to make business in, in flash. And then a lot of you motherfuckers have money, but no taste and style. Like, money can buy you the car and the clothes, but it can't teach you how to fucking rock it, right? It can't give you style and class. You can be rich as fuck with no class, you know? People don't, people don't know about that. That got that shit twisted. Um, but one thing I don't have twisted is my situational integrity. I am still cursed with the superpower of being the snake man and Larry Davidding, Larry Davidding myself out a lot. Um, and I'm not aggressive about it. I'm just, it's an honest observation. I think a lot of people see it. And if you don't, I'm going to help you see it. And people be like, oh shit, you're right, Jake. Thank you. Even though people don't want to invite me to their fucking Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa parties this year. Well, shit. All right, y'all. This episode of the Damaged Goods Podcast is brought to you by Elite Botanicals. And now from Elite Botanicals comes Elite's Health and Wellness CBD Soft Gels. 75, that's right, 75 milligrams per capsule. All cannabinoid-rich hemp plants cultivated, extracted, and formulations completed by Elite Botanicals in their farms and in their labs to ensure that you are receiving the highest quality product. In addition to the 75 milligrams of active compounds from the organic whole plant hemp extract, their gel caps are formulated with refined organic hemp seed oil with over 77% of essential fatty acids. This includes 400 milligrams of omega-6, omega-3, and omega-9 in a perfectly balanced ratio per capsule. I'm on tour with Slayer. I jacked my leg up skateboarding a few days before, my knee and my leg, killing me. I, I use CBD stuff. I tend to find it works sometimes for me, helping with pain. It's killing me out there. I get this elite botanical shit. Boom. Dude, really works. Not snake oil like a lot of these other brands. 
you're getting 75 milligrams per capsule. Like, I actually felt it go away so I could do my dang job. You buy some of these, you might buy a 100 milligram bag of CBD gummies. You're piecing that out, what, 20 milligrams per day, five days? It's not doing anything, especially if you're a big guy. You need more milligram dosage. This is the most affordable brand with this in a high concentration, and it works. I swear and buy it. That's why it's here as a sponsor, Elite Botanicals. Check them out at EliteBotanicals.com or your leading retailer.